0: The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy.
1: Hey, you hit me so hard down there?
0: Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy on Cofield & Company.
1: It is Cofield & Company on this Tuesday. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, Steve Cofield back next week. Lot of football today. We're getting into some of the quarterback debates. Uh, is Urban Meyer overreaching in Jacksonville? That's a fun one as well. Uh, and a lot of other topics around the NFL. Shocking news in Buffalo. Just shocking, shocking news that Colt Beasley is on the cover list. I can't believe it for one. Uh, but let's see what is going on with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll check in with our friend Michael Galkin from the Dallas Morning News. Cowboys number 15 on the Cofield & Company preseason rankings, maybe a little bit high, find out what Michael thinks. Michael, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How you doing?
1: Uh, good. Good. In the uh, in the midst of training camp, always a good time uh, for sure. Uh, but the Cowboys training camp is weird. I mean, you got to travel around all over the place. It's it's disjointed. What has what camp been like for the Cowboys this year?
2: Definitely disjointed. I think that's a good word for it. It's hurt in Oxnard, California. They fly to Canton, Ohio, and you don't really Canton, Ohio. So they flew to <laughs> Cleveland and they took a bus to Canton and then they flew out of Canton into LA and then LAX. They, I think they bust or that's exactly how they got back to Oxford and recovering a day. And then the LA Rams come into town to so have a joint practice. They found themselves to be a little bit tired of all the traveling and practicing, so they canceled. Uh, practice and have a few days about it and then they finish up their, their training camp, go to okay. Arizona, go back to Frisco where that's a star and they alternate between practicing indoors at the Fort Center, they're going outdoors where they're like the mid nineties today, uh, not including Heat Index and the fact that they practice between, you know, in the middle of class buildings. And so it's um, it's been interesting just to see how they've kind of been you know, exposing themselves to so all different types of Situations and environments and temperatures and all that. Uh, definitely not an oxer anymore because uh, that was low seventies, beautiful every
1: day. And it's all documented for television. And this is not the first time you've been around the Hard Knocks cameras. But uh, what what I, I feel like they try to blend in a little bit. But uh, what do you think that element has added to the training camp, if anything?
2: It definitely is noticeable. Uh, as, as much as the Hard Knocks. You know the NFL films; they're the ones who produce the show. Uh, NFL films, you know, as, as effective as they, they do, and deserve a lot of credit for doing it. In terms of just kind of being you know, flies on the wall and, and not being too noticeable and being respectful of the organization and coaches and players' space, it's inevitable that the that that, that, that they're there and they will be noticed as being there. So when it comes to team bonding, uh, some of the things that typically would happen aren't. Going to happen until after the cameras leave. For example, the Cowboys do this kind of a, like, a, like a sharing thing. It's called, I forget the exact name of it. I think it's a, it's a brother or something or other. Um, but one player will stand up in front of the entire team and talk about you know where he's from, you know, a moment of his life that you know defines him, and maybe the most embarrassing moment of his life. Yeah. But just kind of some of it can be really light, other of it can, can be kind of heavy. But it's just a way to get to know the person with whom you're sharing a huddle, with whom you're sharing a locker room. None of that is happening right now. Uh, specifically, Mike McCarthy is making a point to avoid that sort of team building, team, you know, individual sharing of, of own stories until after the hard knocks cameras leave, mm-hmm. figuring that guys probably won't be as comfortable sharing that sort of thing when they know that it very well could be broadcast to hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and so they're just, you'd rather not do an activity if guys aren't going to be comfortable you know, participating in it. So those are the sort of things where, as, as, as effectively as Hard Knocks does at not being part the center of the story, it's inevitable that they are noticed because they are there, and the Cowboys adjust
1: accordingly. So two things I feel like I've learned from the first couple weeks of Hard Knocks is Dak Prescott will never again be healthy, and CeeDee Lamb might be the greatest <laughs> player to ever play in the history of football. Uh, either one yeah. of those anywhere <laughs> close to true.
2: Um I mean CD looks fantastic. Okay. Um I think we've we've gotten a great reminder over the past week of what Amari Cooper looks like but he's healthy and he's the number one wide receiver on this team, you know, not just in I think dollar amount, but I think we probably should, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on the CD hype train somewhat it, 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 only to say that to say that it's not like he's the only show in town. Uh, where the Cowboys are really loaded at wide receiver between CD between Amari and between Michael Gallup. This is going to be the final season uh, the Cowboys believe that they'll have all three of those guys together. And uh, you know, with Michael Gallup scheduled to become an understructure for agent in March, the Cowboys either need to retain Gallup and say goodbye to Amari Cooper, or keep Amari Cooper and say goodbye to Gallup. Um, so I think just um, you know the, the you know there's no doubt that Dak Prescott is, is going to be fine for Week One. Uh, Cowboys are extremely confident in that. Um, you know, CeeDee Lamb is still a young player, still making you know the occasional mistakes, might drop the occasional pun or you know that sort of thing. But he looks he looks special. Um, there's a reason why uh, you know people are hyping him up uh, in Oxnard and, and here back in Texas. Um, he he looks like a special player,
3: Michael. So I, as a uh, near lifelong Cowboys fan that I am, uh, since. Going back to 1976, I've lived through so many disappointments. I've oh, learned stop. to learn to accept or or try to predict what what's going to be the the linchpin for the disappointment. So for us Cowboys fans that are go into a season hopeful but somewhat anticipate the dreadful. What could it be this year? What is what what is there? You know, you always bring, put you pinpoint a sleeper on a team that that will maybe be emerge to help a team. What what is the concern, the one concern that's nec- not necessarily out there, but on your radar that the Cowboys have to be wary of or that have to address that maybe hasn't been put out there that could be somewhat that linchpin to to you know somewhat being a them leading them to a disappointment if it doesn't come through or it doesn't happen is there something sure. out there? I
2: think, yeah well, i think i mean there's, it's always tough to tell where the exact leak will come from but you know every nfl team's roster is you know an injury or two away from from being exposed mm-hmm. and, and starting to spring that leak um but i think if you look at you know the obvious answer is like the defense because obviously that's you know, something that uh, a unit that looks historically bad, but I think you're looking for something a little less obvious. Um, and, and how less obvious this is, I'm not sure. But uh, the, the center position for the Cowboys, uh, they have Tyler Biotish, second year player who they feel really comfortable in, and he's going to be the guy who will be starting week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you look beyond that, there's really no strong, true center uh, to be seen anywhere on this roster. The, the backup center. Is left guard Connor Williams, the starting left guard Connor Williams, and he's never played center in his life before this year. And the Cowboys have, you know, thrown a position at him, starting in OTAs, but he's still errantly, you know, firing snaps at the quarterback where they're having to kind of scale up and can get it to bring it back in. Obviously, not every snap is you know, too high or too low, or, or 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 errant from a side standpoint, but it's still noticeable that he's not really entirely comfortable there. And so uh, the center position is just so crucial um, to, you know, the, not just the obvious of that, you know, being where, you know, the play begins, but from a protection standpoint, the, uh, you know, the cadence standpoint, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a lot that goes in, into it. And so um, if, if, you know, the Tyler at center should miss practice or miss a game for whatever reason, um, and that really will expose, a lack of depth for the, for, the, for, the, for the team. And it was a little surprising to see them not add a veteran center. And here, as we stand with the season fast approaching, uh, we'll see if they do something in for agency when roster cuts happen in, here in, the, in another week or so, um, if they do something to address this position, because it's, 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 it's a bit of concern when, when you watch it closely.
1: Michael Galkin, Dallas Morning News, joining us. Last two for you. Uh, first of all, I didn't expect Jerry Jones to be the, the hero on vaccination uh, that he has turned out to be. And today, I, I thought the statement was very uh, good, very strong. This is this is a bit surprising to me. Should it be surprising? Like this is a guy taking, I guess, leadership on this issue.
2: Yeah, I think there should be a fair amount of surprise anytime someone in the South, you know, comes <laughs> out and says that it's a responsibility for people to get vaccinated. You know, it's not just about them. It's about other people's well-being. And so they need to step forward and, and, and do what he considers to be the right thing and get vaccinated. I think that's a surprise, especially when you consider that this is the same owner who led the NFL in attendance last year and, and by, a, by a wide, <laughs> wide margin, uh, just blew away the rest of the league. Um, you know, this is you know, not really a, a team that's been – you know, synonymous with being on the forefront in terms of being super conservative as it relates to social distancing and uh, wearing masks and all that. And to say that the Cowboys don't have guidelines, you know, in certain requirements that you know last year you had to adhere to at least by the book. But you know, I, I my very, very first game, the very first game of the season last year, I sat at AT&T Stadium as, as a quote unquote fan. You know, I was writing an article about what the experience was like to be at AT&T Stadium during COVID and, and exactly just you know, how enforced these rules were and all that. And, uh, you know, the game ended with a, a, a winning field goal as time expired. And people were just, you know, not wearing masks in the first place. And they were, you know, high-fiving total strangers who weren't in their seating pod. And, you know, the rules were really loosely enforced. And so that all happened under Jerry Jones's watch. And so you see, you know, about a year later in his, his comments, I, I think, do um, do resonate with people in, in terms of it's coming from him, and I think that is for a good reason.
1: And the last one, we are in Vegas. You've been here. Uh huh. Nine up, and a half. Right? <laughs> nine and a half is the season win total for the for the Cowboys. Do they go over or under that number?
2: Boy, um, well, I think. I mean, every team has this range of outcomes. I think nine and a half is firmly in the range of what they can do, and I, my gut is to say that they can do better than nine and a half in a seventeen-game season. Uh, looking at the NFC East, looking at the quarterback play that exists there, um, you know the, it's not going to be easy. You know, week one against the Bucks on the road, week two against the Chargers on the road; um, those are two difficult tests away from Texas for your defense uh, that is you know, currently without defensive coordinator uh, because Dan Quinn. Um, you know, unable to be on the field uh, with, with COVID-19. Um, so it's, you know, we'll see how fast of a the start these guys get, but I think over the course of the year, uh, nine and a half is attainable, no doubt.
1: There you go. Great stuff as always. Follow him on Twitter at Galkin NFL Dallas Morning News. Michael Gelkin, we appreciate the time, sir, and uh, enjoy the season.
2: Great to hear your voice, buddy. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks,
1: man. Uh, good stuff as always from Michael Galkin. Follow him, as I said, at Gelkin NFL. And you guys out there, good news for you. If you're looking for things to do, the Vegas Kickoff Classic is coming up Saturday, September 4th, Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be a big one. BYU and Arizona, a lot of people I know are coming in for this game. BYU-Arizona at Allegiant Stadium, September 4th. Oh, you want to go to the game? Just call in. Caller 11 right now. You are going to see BYU and Arizona at Allegiant Stadium for tickets You can purchase tickets up at LVBowl.com or be the 11th caller right now.
0: Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune up today by calling 577-2600.
4: Right now we're going to look at our injury situation at linebacker. We had two really good practices against the Rams.
5: So we got to look at the health of our team, most importantly, and um, we got to see who's on the bubble, who we really need to see to make this football team. And at the end of the day, I think health and um, keeping the right 53 is at the top of our list right now.
0: Now,
1: back to Cofield and Company in the Finland Toyota Studio.
0: studio. studio.
1: It is Cofield and company on this Tuesday. No, Steve Cofield. He'll be back next week. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez here with you. And though our usual Tuesday guest at this time is Miles Simmons, one of our favorite spots of the week. Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. How you doing, sir?
5: I'm very well, Adam. That's so nice that you always, you know, you you get that in there. That it's one of your favorite spots of the week. I appreciate
1: that. I said one of. We only have like five regular spots, so, I mean.
5: Oh, well, you know. (laughs) Hey, I'll take, you know what? I'll take top 20%, man. That's not bad.
1: Uh, Miles, are you? I guess. I don't know. It's not bad. Uh, Are you as shocked as I am that Cole Beasley is on the COVID list? (laughs)
5: <laughs> no, because this is exactly what happens when you decide to be unvaccinated and then you come into close contact with somebody who has tested positive. I mean, look, it's interesting, too, because it was a trainer that tested positive And so now all of the players that that trainer came in contact with, and the trainer, I feel like I really should say, is fully vaccinated because basically you cannot be around players unless you're fully vaccinated, yeah. in, unless you're another player, right? So that's just the way it is. So your coaching staff. The training staff, the strength and conditioning staff, the player support staff, all of these people who are around players are vaccinated. And players are the only people who aren't vaccinated. So Cole Beasley is going to come in there and he's not vaccinated. And, well, if somebody tests positive and he's around them, then lo and behold, he's got to go away for five days. And that's why, you know, we keep saying it. You may say that this is a personal decision, but not only does your personal decision affect the rest of society, it affects your availability for the team. Because, again, if you've been fully vaccinated, you wouldn't be on the shelf right now. So, no, I'm not surprised
1: to answer your question. What? Oh, I've been enjoying the quarterback battle, quote-unquote, in New Orleans. It's over, right? I mean, we're done with this, aren't we? I hope
5: so. I mean, uh, I never really thought that Taysom Hill had a chance. And I guess that's just me like knowing how quarterbacking in this league works. I mean, I I feel like people forget that James Winston is is basically a year removed from throwing for five thousand yards. (laughs) Right. And the only reason why he wasn't still a starting quarterback is because he couldn't keep stop giving the ball away at thirty interceptions. But if you cut that down to even 15 interceptions. You're probably considering him one of the best quarterbacks in the league and 15 interceptions in today's NFL is still kind of a lot, but I think that Sean Payton can live with that. If James Winston is going out there and looking like he did yesterday, where he can really put the ball down the field in really good spots for the wide receivers to make catches. So yeah, I, I, you know, if, if you want to run an offense with Taysom Hill, that is gimmicky and all those things like you can do that. But I think the most efficient way of uh, of playing offense in the NFL these days is having a quarterback like James Winston who again also was a number one overall pick not that long ago in 2015 so yeah I, I think that this thing's over
1: what exactly are the Bears doing I mean all along they've been like Dalton 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 and now they're like well Dalton but he's got a short leash like what is it what does that even mean what are we doing
5: I don't really know. And it it kind of reminds me of uh, the situation with uh, the Arizona Cardinals a couple years ago where Sam Bradford was there to keep the seat warm for Josh Rosen. But, I mean, Bradford was just so mediocre and really he was bad. I mean, I was there. It was week two in 2018. They were playing the Rams and they got shut out and Sam Bradford couldn't do anything. He couldn't move the ball. He probably wasn't. Fully healthy anyway. And then, either a week or two after that, they started to go with Josh Rosen. I feel like it's going to be sort of the same thing. Not that Andy Dalton is as bad as uh, Sam Bradford was that year, but when you've got somebody in Justin Fields who has not looked overwhelmed when he's been out there on the field and he's made some good throws, you know, he's slid around in the pocket a little bit. Has he looked like a rookie at times? Yes. But I, I feel like, you know, by the time you get to October, and I think, what like, don't they, they come and they play uh, the Raiders either in Las... I don't remember if they're in Las Vegas or if they're in Chicago, but I think by the time they play the Raiders, whenever that is in October, like I, I think that Justin Fields will probably be the quarterback. I just... I don't see how you can keep Andy Dalton out there unless he sets the world on fire. And Andy Dalton has never really set the world on fire, despite his red hair.
3: Yeah, Miles, that game is uh, a home game for the Bears here in Las Vegas, if that makes sense. Because... Uh, <laughs> everything <laughs> that's going to there, there's going to be an overwhelming crowd, uh, Chicago crowd at that. I know that that was one of the highest tickets when tickets went on sale um cuz I have I know a lot of Bears fans out here and I've been here for a long time. Um we talked about this earlier on the show. Uh your thoughts, who who will be the better? Who do you foresee? And it's very early to tell obviously. We're two preseason games in, we're about 4 weeks into training camp of their rookie seasons, but who do you think is better suited or better set up? Who's going to be the better pro Fields or Lawrence?
5: Oh, interesting. Uh, I would have <laughs> I would be able to answer that question better if I knew who their coach was going to be in three years. <laughs> Cause I, don't, I don't know I mean I don't know if Urban Meyer or um, uh, Matt Nagy is going to be their head coach, you know and by the time that you have to pick up their fifth year option, or give him another contract, right? I, I don't know that either of those guys are going to be there. And, you know, I mean, for Nagy, it's like the Bears have been pretty – they've been okay. Like, they've, they've gone to the playoffs a few times. Um, but other than that, they've been kind of mediocre. I mean, they made the playoffs last year at an 8-8 eight eight record. And I just – with Irvin Meyer down and Jacksonville, I really don't know what that's going to turn out to be. Like, I don't feel at this point – like the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be very good this year. Who knows what that's going to look like next year. Um, I think obviously both of those guys are really talented um, in terms of the quarterbacks, but it's, I'm going to go fields, but with the caveat that like, if the next, new hot-shot, you know, coach comes down, offensive-minded coach goes down there to Jacksonville and has Trevor Lawrence, then that could be a really good pairing. But at, at least right now, I'd say field.
3: On a local level, uh, we heard Gruden coming coming back into the segment. We heard him talk about the linebacker depth. Obviously, they didn't foresee. you always dealing with, you know, injuries here or there, but they've been hit at the linebacker department. And you know, at the beginning of this month, they had K.J. Wright in. It didn't work out, and now possibly are they in, interested? Um, should they have signed him? Not sure if they want a 32-year-old, but the, the bottom line is I've also read that the Ravens may be interested, in, in, which is kind of intriguing considering that they, the Ravens and the Raiders open their season together. What is the deal, or have you heard anything as far as K.J. Wright, where he could land, and, uh, you know, as far as the Raiders' linebacker depth. Is there any talk out there that you're hearing?
5: Well, I I feel like K.J. Wright is the good option for them, I mean, mainly because he knows Gus Bradley's system, and he's played in it practically his entire career and came up under Gus Bradley. And I think one of the things that the Raiders have done well this season and they may not have done in the past is set themselves up with veterans who understand – uh, the way things are supposed to work at different levels. So, you're talking about Casey Hayward, you know, in the defensive back end, and he's been playing really well. I mean, I watched um, practice last week between the Rams and Raiders out here in LA, and you could see him making plays, right? And then you go down to the first level where it's in King and you have him being able to kind of teach up guys. And Joe McCoy has talked about being able to teach up guys as well. So, you've got these guys who are veteran playmakers in those two levels. Now, you could argue that Corey Littleton should be one of those guys at linebacker. Krakowski's been in the league for a little bit, too. But if you bring in somebody like K.J. Wright, who's been in the system for as long as he has and has shown an ability to still make plays, I think that that really gives you somebody on each level of the defense, whether it's a line, linebackers, and then in the secondary, where you can say, yes, this is, some, this is a veteran who knows what to do who can teach these young guys up and can still make plays. And I think that that's really important. But I, I will say, you know, it, it's interesting right now, at least, that the Raiders' defense, when I saw in practice last week, looked a heck of a lot better <laughs> than I might have expected it to um, going up against that Rams offense. And look, it, it seems like these guys can start making plays and they can start doing some things. And you don't need the Raiders' defense to be, you know, top flights. For in order for this team to make the playoffs. Now would you want it to be? Of course. But you know, if this if this defense gets up to average, then the Raiders are probably a playoff team in the AFC. So I, I think that it really does have a chance to happen.
1: Wow. That's uh, quite a statement are you going you're taking the over seven and a half then?
5: Yeah, you know what? I, I would. And it, it's I am not <laughs> I said this to a buddy last week and they're like, Are you kidding, Miles? Like, come on, you know better than this. And maybe I'm putting too much stock into one practice and it's one practice. That is what it is. but I got to say when you look at what they were doing on the back end and getting pressure on the QB and Matthew Stafford, some of that might be Rams issues with their offensive line, but some of that also is they've really, they've upgraded the talent level. You know, like they we've been talking about um, the Raiders needing to upgrade their pass rush, needing to do more with that since, before I started covering the team in twenty eighteen, right? Since they got rid of Khalil Mack, who apparently, you know, they wanted to trade for games. <laughs> so if I think that they've done the requisite things that they had to do. Now, will they be able to take care of that over a seventeen game season? Will things get start to get figured out? I, I don't know. But I, I do think that the defense looks like it has improved. And I think that there's a good chance, you know, that they could win 9, 10, 11 games, they should be in that range and then make it to the postseason.
1: There you go. Good stuff as always. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk. Now you know why it's one of our favorite segments of the week uh, for sure. I know. Uh, I
5: just said some positive stuff about the Raiders.
1: Well, that's the only thing I didn't like. Uh, you, you've got, okay. no, I'm kidding. Uh, you've, <laughs> what do you got coming up on Pro Football Talk?
5: Uh, Well, we are back on uh, PST Live. Uh, We've been back for the last week after the Olympics. So you can check that out on NBC Sports Network uh, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time. You can also catch it live on Peacock if you really want to wake up at 4 a.m. So, yeah, that is there and always... As always, you've got you covered with all your latest NFL news at profootballtalk.com.
1: And I am the world's biggest advocate for Peacock Miles. Uh I did hear something today that concerned me. I might have What's to that? I'm going to well, I don't want to say it cuz I don't know if it's true or okay. not. I don't want to slander them. Uh if it's true. And, yeah,
5: don't get me in trouble.
1: Exactly. If it's true, I'll be very upset. But as of right now, I am still the world's biggest fan of Peacock. I tell everybody to get it. It's amazing. Uh, we'll see if they really mess with me. We'll find out. But uh, so far, so good on Peacock. I love it.
5: Absolutely, the exclusive streaming home of The Office.
1: Well, it has to do with that. But I will. Uh, okay. I'll hit you up off the air. We'll talk. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, okay, Miles. Sounds
5: good. That's it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: Bye. Good stuff from Miles. Uh, we'll come back. Fat Pack time. Cofield and Company.
0: Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Who better to talk about food than these two? It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company, brought to you by Nova Home Loans.
1: Cella Lune mare, mamma me mare This Cofield and Company. Sounds like a like a CD Willie has in his car.
3: Sounds like something I would play on my Instagram story with one of my meals. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> uh Did you see them the last two nights? I'm just curious. Did you stories? happen to tune into the, the, the dinners the I'm last? Sure, time? I did. Had some T Bones. Oh, one.
1: yeah, yeah. You had a lot of stuff going. We oh, oh, yeah. had definitely some music going with it. Yeah. It wasn't like this, though, I don't think.
3: Oh, well, it's Frank Sinatra.
1: Okay. Some T-bones. I, I have a new aerator for my
3: decanter for for the wine, oh, and then I have the magic wand where you stir it in the you stir it in the glass and it removes the sulfites. So like last night, I poured half a bottle of wine into the decanter, aerated while I was cooking dinner, and then each glass stirred the wand removes the sulfites. Woke up four o'clock this morning, go do cardio. Didn't even feel it. Didn't even have wow. the hint of headache. Wow. That's wine impressive. gives you. Wine doesn't give you a
1: hangover, but it gives
3: you like a wine. It reminds you in the morning that you had wine. I just woke up and went
1: right to the gym. So oh, I feel like going to the gym helps you not feel it in the morning. Also, also. yeah, I kind of go to did. the gym every morning. You're not feeling the hangover the next day. Jordan gave me crap to remind me
3: that alcohol has empty calories. There are no fat, carbs, or There's no, they're they're empty calories and they just store as fat. So he said, so you're not going to be able to burn anything if, uh, you know, because he texted me (laughs) mid-dinner and by the second glass of wine and said, "Uh, are you still following your weight loss goal or what's the deal? Because he knows that the goal is Monday night football, September 13th. Huh?
1: So anyway. Got the uh, the deadline creeping up on you. Yeah. Well, this is not going to be good for you. (laughs) It's National Waffle Day. (laughs) Yeah. That is nope. definitely not good calories. No chicken and waffles. Waffles are
3: delicious. Mm. You got to you make them protein waffles. And, and, and you got to work it into the carb intake and work it in with the workout. I've already done all that,
1: so no, they're out for me. But this is definitely a topic we can discuss. Now, how? I mean, we've I think we've done this a hundred times, but how would you rank waffle, French toast, pancake? Well...
3: Considering when I would go into a restaurant, how I would – it depends on, like, if you're making them or if you're ordering them. And I don't know if I've ever gone out and ordered waffles other than chicken and waffles, if you're going out for chicken and waffles. I think most places that I'm going to order pancakes, um, if I'm going to rank them in terms of going out and about and ordering them, I might have to go pancakes –
1: Okay, French toast, waffles you're, already, you're already but, off. but at home there's not a right there, there's not a right answer for number 1 but everyone agrees pancakes are the worst objectively the worst of that group well at home that that, that definitely is at the bottom <laughs>
3: well it's always should always be at the bottom at the, I, I don't I just I sort of disagree cuz I don't go out I don't go out to if I'm going out for breakfast and it's gonna be one of those three, I'm going I'm probably gonna order I'm going out to order pancakes unless I'm getting chicken and waffles.
1: Oh, no chance. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Now if I'm Who's a- ordering pa- first of all, I know of a couple of places. It's been man, i I do definitely miss uh some, some all these things. Some yeah. stuff. Yeah. For sure. But there's there is a place in town, there's a couple, but there's one in particular mm. that makes the most insane pancakes mm. of all time, mm. incredible, and all kinds of different combinations yeah. of you know desserts and d- fruits and all kinds of yeah. things. We're thinking of the same. place. They're incredible. Yeah, and every, like if I order them, I'll be like, mm, the only way this could possibly be, be any better is if it was a waffle or a French toast.
3: <laughs> now, That's do you? Only way now, be now let me ask you a question. Now. Do you do you make any one of these three at home? I can't if, make.
1: If, I don't make anything.
3: Oh, okay. So I. Love making French toast, but in variations. And I do like making waffles. I'll I'll make protein waffles or pancakes. But with the French toast, I like to get crafty with it. And I will say that like if I make like if I have banana bread, I'll make banana bread oh, French banana toast. Bread is so good. Um, but I also like getting my French toast like with thick sourdough or Texas toast. Of course. And then make it, but then I put peanut butter in the on the French toast, stack it, and then throw the sugar free syrup on it. No, I'm
1: out. Peanut butter is, yeah, it's weird. Absolutely. There's a lot of diff- there's a lot of options. I just know that pancakes are the worst of, of those options. So happy waffle day, everyone! Happy National Waffle Day, we, indeed. I, I mean, I don't. Jeff Grammer is a friend of the show. Yeah, uh, we, been tell, we, we, have to, we have to discuss this. Um, we got we got Sammy Petnyanovich coming up in a second here, uh, so I don't want to take in, take up too much of his time, but. Uh, Jeff sent out a tweet just now, and he was complaining. Essentially, he went out to lunch. First of all, I have a problem with how he ordered. But he went out to lunch. He ordered an iced tea. They brought him the iced tea. There's refills. So when he was done with the iced tea and he's still eating his meal, server came around, can I bring you another iced tea? And he said, you know what? I'd rather switch over to Coke. Switches over, orders himself a Coke. Has the rest of his meal goes to pay, and he realizes that they charged him for both drinks, and he was like, "Wait a minute! It's free refills. What's the difference?" Now he said he just went ahead and paid it, didn't complain. I absolutely know somebody here that would complain, <laughs> get it fixed on the bill. <laughs> that person's name is Willie. <laughs> How would you have handled this? Like I, I, I probably would have just paid. And been annoyed about it. I don't think that's how you would have handled it. No, that wouldn't. <laughs> it would not have been on my bill. Um,
3: the may or may someone may or may not have you know may or may not uh, disappeared. Have been have been, <laughs> have been a little nervous. About my approach, um, the thing is, is he, here he says the bill comes and I'm charged for both three three fifty for the tea, three dollars for the coke. I ordered both, so I paid for both. But I can be a grumpy old man about that, right? Absolutely, especially for the fact that you ordered the tea first, paid three fifty for it, and the coke was cheaper. You should have automatically got now. I'm not agreeing with the with the restaurant. But if you went Coke first for three dollars, and then you order the more expensive one, they sort of have a right to say, well, or just charge or they the charge difference you for the most just expensive. Char- one. Just charge the difference. But the bottom line is to get charged for both.
1: Absolutely not. I will. That I, would not happen. You and I both know. Well, I know that because I will. I will give this example. I'm not going to say where. We went to a place with a couple of people, and we ordered an appetizer. Uh, that was outstanding, delicious, loved it. We ordered it, and it was like $18 for the appetizer. When we got the bill, it said $45. And I was like, wait a minute. It was $18 on the menu. What happened? And when we asked the server about it, she oh, yeah. said, well, I forgot about that. you guys had, you know, the, the appetizer is usually for two. You guys had six people at the table. So we just brought you like a, you know, expanded appetizer order. For six people instead of two. We're like, wait, you didn't even ask us? You did. You just brought that. What if only two people wanted to eat it? I did get that change. Like, what are you doing? I? And yeah, you definitely got that. <laughs> we're like, we're not paying for this. But that, I mean, that, what are you doing in that case? You can't just bring out the bigger order and be like, I figured you guys wanted more. That's right. And then ask get, us. It's not even,
3: yeah, because the thing was it was, it was, it was, it was not clarified on the menu. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, That's right. Was ridiculous. Yeah, that got uh, handled. You know what's not ridiculous? The chance to see Everclear at the M Resort. On Saturday, September 4th, this is an unbelievable opportunity. What a what a chance to get out there and start seeing things again. Concerts are back at the M Resort, Everclear, at the M Pavilion, Saturday, September 4th. You want to be there, and you can, by purchasing tickets out at the M for Everclear. But the winner of Caller 11 right now, you'll be the winner, and you'll get two tickets to go see it yourself.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. It's Cofield & Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P.
1: back here cofield and company on this tuesday adam hill Willie Ramirez, steve cofield back next week inmates running the asylum basically uh, that's how it works the hill and his homies edition and one of the people that fits that description i hope of being one of the homies sam penionovich joins us here as he does each and every week how you doing sir
4: I'm I'm good man. I'm so glad this is audio and not video though. Oh, did I get I did a triple header, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday in Vegas. <laughs> one of those one of those great trips where you get on the plane this morning at 9:50 Pacific and you land at 6:30 Eastern. <laughs> the mm. whole day is gone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like you time traveled like in the future and you're like, "Wait, what happened? What happened to Monday? It's gone?" Uh, you I mean, it sounds like you went pretty hard in Vegas. I Heard some reports of some very fine dining you were doing, though.
4: Oh, we did go to Piero's last night. But, you know, my, <laughs> my my favorite spot is still, man, the Oasis. I went there Saturday. I, I need to tip the bartender more money ahead of time, though, because I do the Houdini. It, it's re- It's getting bad. Like, I, I take care of them, but I need to do a better job at, at not pulling the Irish goodbye. But, that I mean, we don't have to talk about my social life. I'll tell you a funny story, though. <laughs> this is my life. I get, off, I get off the plane today, and, of course, I, I have no service all day for the most part. And I have like eight texts asking me if I love the Jaguars under now because everybody is reacting to a rookie running back having a foot injury and being out for the season. So this is my life now. And I guess to answer that question, I didn't like the Jags anyway because I still don't know if Urban Meyer can coach. Like this guy has, has shown us in a very small sample size. I, you know, the Tebow thing was a disaster. He's still giving Gardner Minshew first, uh, first team reps. Um, their offensive line is a mess. I, like I don't like Jacksonville. I never did, but I can tell you that a rookie running back isn't really worth all that much. Uh, the tip would be, you know, there are some six and a half and there are some five and a half. So always get the right number and always get the right price. You could go like under five and a half at plus one sixty, or under six and a half at minus one ten. Why would you not go under six and a half at minus ten? You know, you got to shop around for this stuff.
1: Well, a lot of a lot of a lot of things to unpack there. Uh, first of all. You mean the fact that the the Jaguars are now forced to play an actual running back instead of a hybrid wide receiver in the backfield? That's a rookie is not relevant to the win total. Like I I would agree with that. That's obvious. I can't believe people are even asking you about that. Uh, But the other part, like, shouldn't they actually play Gardner Minshew? Like, a, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is ready. B, the team is a mess. I'm not sticking him out there to get murdered.
4: Yeah, it's tough, though, with a number-one pick. Like You see some of the throws he makes, and he's ready. He's clearly the best quarterback. But, I mean, you know, you ask the organization, what's the goal here? I think you and I can both agree that Justin Fields is better than Andy Dalton, but the Chicago Bears are going to rely on Jason Peters to play on the offensive line. Jason Peters wasn't good two years ago, and now he's a solution there. So, I like, I don't like that Chicago team, and it's, when you think about the Bears – The excitement for Justin Fields sort of masks how horrendous they are like everywhere else. Um, You know, an aging defense, a terrible offensive line, a moron for a head coach, you know, coordinators that don't know what they're doing, and a general manager that really should have been fired a couple years ago. But it's like, oh, my God, we got Justin Fields. Yeah, but there are a lot of other issues there. So uh, I get where you're coming from. When you have a franchise quarterback, you don't want to put him in a position to fail. And you know Lawrence is not in a good situation. Fields would be in a worse one. You could argue with the Bears' offensive line. With you know they got their first, their second round pick who was supposed to play left tackle and needs back surgery. And the Bears were warned about this guy. Like, hey, he's got a pretty bad back, and they didn't even listen. So organizationally, when you have a a usually poor organization that finally takes an elite quarterback it's it's not as easy to, to make that call as as people believe it is. So I, I do tend to agree with you. Like Lawrence is a better quarterback, but he's not a sacrificial lamb. You don't want him to be that, that's for sure.
3: Sam, you mentioned that, you know, you got all the, got all these texts and calls about the Jaguars and if you've changed your mind and you never really needed to. Is there anything that you've seen after the first two weeks of the preseason or what you've read or maybe, you know, seen on, on the network, just paying attention to training camps. Is there anything that's, that has changed your mind in with any teams with uh, win totals that now you're going against your original thought?
4: I wouldn't say that I'm going against my original thought. I, just, I think this situation is fascinating in New England right now, and that's the truth, Willie. You know, you think about what Newton is doing, clearly he's not vaccinated, and and this could be an issue and there's some dissent in that room. But I, I would argue, and I've said this for, you know, six weeks now up here in New England where I live, Mac Jones gives them the best chance to win. And there's a team unlike Chicago and Jacksonville where their offensive line and defensive lines, they're ready to go, man. Like those teams are like they're in a situation where the quarterback could come in, get proper protection. They have, you know, some decent running game. Uh, and then they you know, they have, you know, Bill Belichick. Uh if Mac gets more skin in the game, I like New England to win ten or eleven games and you can still find some nines and nine and a halves. Now, I look, I did report the other day, somebody bet twenty thousand on the Patriots at 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl to win eight hundred large. I'm not gonna go insane. Like I'm not gonna say they're gonna win the Super Bowl, but that's a division where the Jets are still the Jets and there's some regression coming for Miami with Tua. Like remember Tua last year. He had to have his hand held a lot of these games. He got taken out a lot of those games third, fourth quarter when they put in Fitzmagic. So that's a division where there are some wins on the board. And Cam Newton can't hit an open target, you know, five, ten yards away. So uh, this is going to be a situation where if if Cam is out of flavor there and Mac gets more reps, that's a guy who I think is better than people think. And I would be more inclined to go over 9-9.5 with Mac instead of Cam. Even though Bill probably wants to start Cam week one, Mac unleashes this offense because they're really running two different offenses with cam. It's like a high school offense. It's like, you know, the wildcat almost at times or like the, the wishbone with Mac. He's in the spread, man. And he, he makes quick decisions and quick reads and accurate throws. It's two different offenses, but Mac Jones gives them a better chance to win long-term this year. That's, that's how I feel.
1: Well, I mean, if, if you think they can win 11 interested in betting them to win the division, because you talked about regression in Miami, I can see some with the quarterback in Buffalo, uh, and also they're a mess with the vaccination issue. They're fighting with each other on Twitter. That can't be good in the locker room. It can't
4: be. I, I know you're not high on Josh Allen as uh, as some other people around the world are. So yeah, I knew you, I knew you were going to come with that heat with Cofield out of the way. But um, I, that's one of those teams where you know they're so sexy in everybody's mind. Like oh, like they, they can win the Super Bowl this year. And you're like uh ah. I don't know about all of that. You know, like they're a very trendy popular team. And, and I'll tell you another team that that's getting too sexy is the chargers. Like yeah. I, some hobo the other night was like, Hey, I kind of like the chargers. I'm like, what is the guy talking about? You know, like, you know, he's like, uh, Justin Herbert for MVP. And then he falls back asleep on the curb. I'm like, Oh my God, everybody's on the chargers. now, And that makes me nervous. Um, Buffalo, I will say this, their play calling there, their schematics, I think their coaching in Buffalo, the OC and the wide receiver coach and and all that, they're good. Yeah. But I I don't think the team is as great as everybody thinks they are. Uh, There's a lot of people going into Vegas and betting Buffalo. They're betting Buffalo to win the conference, to win the Super Bowl, and they're betting Josh Allen to win the MVP. And and I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet.
1: Uh, Last thing before we get you out of here, and great stuff as always, uh, any panic? about the Red Sox right now?
4: Oh, for sure. I mean, if you listen to local talk radio, the season's already over. <laughs> um, but when you go back to the trade deadline and they have a half-game lead on Tampa and a seven-and-a-half-game lead on the Yankees, we haven't even made it a month yet, and they're in third place. So so that's an issue. But in all reality, you know, they're still favored to make the playoffs. I, I made a bet the other day, Red Sox minus 150 to make the playoffs. On July 30th, they were minus 500 to make the playoffs. The schedule is very, very simple. They get the Orioles six times. They get the Indians six times. They get the Twins three. They get the, uh, the Nationals three, the Mets two. That's 20 games right there. They're going to be favored in 17 of those 20 games. So they're in the driver's seat to make the playoffs. I don't know about them long term, but as far as Boston against Oakland against Seattle for that final wild card, Boston is its worst enemy, and if they lose, it's their fault. Like They're in the driver's seat here, and you can still find them like minus 160, minus 170 to make the playoffs. Given where that number was and where it is, I think it's a good time to buy low. I like them to get in. I don't know how far they can go, but I do like them to get in.
1: There you go. Great stuff, as always. Sam, where can people find your stuff?
4: They can uh, follow me on Twitter if they'd like at SP Shoot and they can see me every August at Oasis in the uh on Trap and Decatur.
1: I can attest. I can attest. It's a good time and uh highly recommended. Great, great spot here in town. And uh you might even see Sammy P there. So that's that's nice. We'll appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Get some rest. You got
4: it, T boys. See ya. <laughs>
1: see ya. Great stuff as always. Sam Panjanovich, S P Shoot up on Twitter. Come back big five time.
0: The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.